What's up, everybody, and welcome to B2B Made Simple. If you're passionate about marketing, you're in the right place. Whether you're doing marketing for a brand new startup or a $100 million enterprise, you'll learn strategies that'll help you build a solid team, impact your pipeline, and look like an absolute rock star to upper management. Why? Because these guys are the pros. They're not pretending to know the industry, they're in the trenches on a daily basis. My name is Sam Moss. I'm the co-founder of One Click Agency. We build websites for B2B companies, and I'm also the co-host of this podcast. If your goal is to become the marketer everyone else looks up to, keep listening. Hey, my name is Tim Kroll, and I'm the co-host focused on the topic of leadership here on the B2B Made Simple podcast. We have an exciting conversation coming, so let's not waste any time and jump right in. Hey, welcome back. Oh my goodness gracious. I heard Jeff for the first time. Man, it hasn't even been a week, I don't think, that I heard him talk and I was just like, I got to get this guy on the podcast because he is a phenomenal individual. Uh, Jeff is the creator of Morning Fire, but he is a high-performance coach. Uh, He's an author, podcaster, speaker, uh, and the list goes on and on and on. But what I love about Jeff, and this is what I was listening to, and I was like, man, I got to have him on here to be able to share with you guys about habits and about learning what the power of our habits can do. Uh, I don't want to spill the beans, (laughs) so I don't want to go too much deeper into that. But Jeff, man, thank you. Welcome. I guess maybe I'll just turn the mic over to you and let's hear a little bit about your journey, how you came to be who you are. I love hearing that part of it. It helps us introduce and get to know you a little bit better. And it kind of creates a nice little foundation off of which we can jump into this deep end of habits. Absolutely. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me, Tim. So I was in the uh, corporate space for about 20 years. And then six years ago, I uh, I had one of those transformational moments that that cut me at the knees hit me in the gut. I, I lost my mom to breast cancer. Mm. And uh, it was one of those moments to question everything around me and in my life. And, and really what was the, the purpose, the meaning is what I'm doing on a daily basis, really getting those, those fires going. Is, is it you know, piquing my curiosity, my vision, my purpose? And, and it really wasn't. And it's kind of funny. 11 months later, I was told I'm, I live outside of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. I was told I needed to move to either New York or Arizona by the company I'd worked for mm. for almost 10 years. And I said, okay, it was one thing with my mom's passing. Here's the second sign. Mm-hmm. It's time, time to go out and, and leap. So I, I chose to open up my own gym. And that went, then what kind of organically grew out of that was so many people would put in an application to come see me. But of those 100 people, maybe 10 people would pick up the phone or, or answer a text. And, and I was struggling personally as well. And, and I went down that deep rabbit hole of personal development. And I ended up around the power of habits and rituals and the morning routine, right? What's that last 30 minutes of your day look like? And then what's that first 30 minutes of your day look like to bookend your days and really create all that energy, that focus, that gratitude. And it's so counterintuitive, more time in your days. And, and so many people say, hey, I'm stressed for time, yet we have the same 24 hours. So yeah. <laughs> that's a little bit about my journey, right? It, it came from pain of losing my mother and then just now appreciating every single day that we have because each, each one truly is a gift. Yeah, that's, uh, man, you, you touched my heart in the aspect of 
there's so many times, and I, I wish there was some way when I was younger that I could have smacked myself in the head and say, look, your purpose is this. But yet there, I, I was so arrogant at that point, I probably would have never listened to myself, even though, you know, it's like, I don't really believe you are who you are, right? Um, but it's amazing how those experiences can transition into some of our biggest growth opportunities. You know, and you're talking about the pain that you went through and then the transitions and the things and just kind of lighten up and then truly diving in and kind of finding the purpose of what everything is all about. I just want to hear about your power of habits. You know, you're talking about the book ending of the days. Um, you're talking about how powerful these are. And I've heard this probably three or four different times from different individuals. But the reason why I think this is so important is because each individual is going to resonate with another. Yep. Right. So you're going to say some of the same things I'm sure that another individual has said. Uh, I'm sure that there's going to be some similarities of whether you read it in a book, but sometimes we need to hear it five, six, seven, eight times before it actually sinks in. And you're like, oh, dude, yep, this is exactly where I got to go. So I I'm just going to kind of stop. I'll probably ask questions, clarify questions, but talk to me about your habits. Talk to me about why they're so powerful, what makes them good. And then we can dive into what is a simple way for an individual leader to be able to use these habits for their own growth. Absolutely. And I, I think to start, it's so important just to understand the science of habits, right? And, and so much of what we do on a daily basis is dri driven through our habits and rituals. And when you think of a habits and ritual, it's something that's on autopilot, right? The mind has done it enough where it said, you know what, we can automate that we can put it back in our, our subconscious mind and you don't need to think actively think about it necessarily. So up to 95% of what we do can be driven through our habits and rituals. Obviously that's dependent on the person. The other piece to make everyone aware of it is we've probably all heard it takes 21 days to make a habit, mm. right? We heard that growing up. Well, it's actually not the case. It's anywhere from 21 to 67 days. So whoever coined that and got that out into mass media, you know, it became the belief. It was setting so many people up for failure because they feel like I made it 21 days on there. Well, it yeah. could take up to almost 10 weeks, not three weeks. So that's why 80% of the people fail on their New Year's resolutions, why so many people fail in, in their habits and rituals. So having those two data points to, to really understand going in, you're going to be set up for, for much more success. Then related to you know, kind of what I do on a daily basis is, is so many of us don't take control of our lives. Our, our lives are happening to us, not for us. And at night, if you prepare for success the next day, you're going to be so much more calm. You're going to be in control. And then when that alarm goes off, if you know exactly what you're going to execute on and you get these small, quick wins, it's amazing. I, I kind of relate it to a train train car or an engine with a hundred train cars behind it. And you've got to get all that engine, you got to get that engine moving. But when that train starts moving down the tracks, it takes a lot to stop it. It's the same thing with that morning routine, right? You build up, you get these quick wins, you take time for yourself. And then the no matter what comes across, in your day, and we'll, we know there, there's going to be hurdles to jump over, doors that you need to kick down, and some hmm. things that just happen, you're going to be so much more well-equipped to take those on. Yeah, so immediately, there's two questions that, I, that, that came up. 
I love the science part of this. And I love the fact when we look at this, because that now it triggers some of my logical side of my brain and also triggers some of the emotional part. And how do we get into this? So let me ask you these two questions, because I found that <clears throat> this happens when I coach with individuals. <clears throat> Excuse me. So let me ask you these two questions. First of all, you're saying about not actually thinking about what you're doing, which is the habits and the rituals, right? And I, I might land a cannonball here, so you're going to have to just adapt. <laughs> That's all right. Go ahead. I love it. So, so you're, you're saying about the habits and the rituals and not actually thinking about that. One of the things that I have found, and, and I this I, I it never dawned on me until 2020, when COVID showed up and it totally changed every habit and ritual that we were doing. So normally, for example, you would get up, get the kids ready for school, set them on the bus. They were gone, had to had to work, pick up your coffee, whatever. You had these certain rituals and habits that you were doing. And all of a sudden, smack, we get hit with these shutdowns, stay-at-home orders. Our lives change, hence our rituals stop. And so I wanted to ask you about this because what I was seeing was what I was classifying as a decision fatigue from the leaders where they would make they because they weren't doing the same rituals and like you said this automatic not actually thinking about it, you just did it and because they suddenly weren't just doing they were mentally wearing down and I'm really curious to hear how how do you readjust some of the habits how do you get back into some of the rituals I mean especially when you've got a hard stop now that hard stop we had for 2020 was obviously COVID. For you, you mentioned about the fact that your mom passed. Sometimes it's a move of a job. Sometimes it's the fact that you lost your job. There are going to be these hard stops in our lives. And all of, all of the habits, all of the rituals, all of the things that we did, all of a sudden it's like, boom, we're done. How do we move on? How do we reset? How do we create new? What, what do we do with that? How do we practically walk through that? Yeah, and that, that, Tim, that's a great point. And, and it's funny you mentioned that because I told people when COVID hit, everybody said, oh my gosh, I had so much time. Well, it's not actually you have so much time. It's you're going off of autopilot. So you're aware and you've got mm. to do different things that yeah. so much of what you were doing was on autopilot. And the mental fatigue to your to your point of how leaders were, were facing that was because they went on off autopilot. And the brain does that because the brain has limited capacity, right? Mm -hmm. it, it doesn't have the ability to process all the things that, that we're doing on a daily basis. So the mental fatigue set in when, wow, now I need to do so much manual work rather than have that automated piece be behind the scenes. And, and I saw that in a lot of folks and, and that it was a slippery slope to, to some yeah. bad habits of, of being created, eating worse, not exercising, you know, not, not doing the things that, that you're used to. So, uh, you know, if, if you're, you're listening to this and it, it happened to you, know that you're not alone, right? It was, <laughs> it was such a crazy time in our lives. And in order to get back to it, you got to start small, right? You got to start small. Don't try and jump right back in. If you were exercising, for example, an hour a day, just go for a walk for five minutes each day if you haven't done anything in, in nine months, right? So many times we break off so much more than we can chew. We want to go so intense and get it done, but consistency is so much more important than intensity. So uh, starting small, getting some accountability, somebody else that might be able to do it with you. Those are just a couple strategies that, that would help you get back to those habits and rituals that you were, you were leveraging before.
Yeah, and that leads directly to that second part of the question, question, which is those small wins. It's so often, and this is, again, another struggle that I see happening in people, is they want that primetime win. They want that stage. They want the ability to say, yeah, I won the Super Bowl, or I won the World Championship, or I brought in the biggest client, or whatever that ends up being. Uh, let me just say, show this statement, because I was sharing this on a coaching thing, and then I really want to hear your feedback on this part of it. We need to let the world celebrate that championship. Let the world celebrate the stage. We need to be celebrating our daily wins. I'd love to hear your take on that part of it because the daily part is so, so important. And I think we're wired. Our minds are wired to want to have that huge grand slam home, walk off yeah. home run, toss the bat, <laughs> do, a, do a cartwheel. But, but when we are wired for that and that's what we're going for, it's a recipe for, for failure where if you can just fall in love with the repetition piece. And one thing I love to do is track how many times I meditate and take a cold shower. And when you do that and you just see the number growing and you know, and you're committed to having that daily action, it can tremendously build on itself. Right. I, I just hit three years of 10 minutes straight of meditation. Right. Mm. So, so I'm at like 1211 days now. And it's just that, that repetition piece. And that's where the true greatness lies. It's not hitting that grand slam. It's, it's consistently hitting singles day in, day out, appreciating the process, appreciating the journey. Right. Because so many of us think, oh, I'll, I'll do this when I get this, or I'll do this when I land this client. Yeah. No, enjoy the process because mm -hmm. that's the beauty in life. And, and there's two dates on your tombstone, right? And there's a dash in between. What are you going to do with that dash? Yeah. Right. Those are only the two dates that really matter. Then it's a journey. And, and it's, it's that, uh, that never ending game of life and to enjoy the ups when you're there, relish in the downs because you will come back up eventually. And it's pretty, pretty powerful. Well, let's walk through that. If that's okay with you, if this is a yeah. direction we can go. How? And that's always comes, it always comes back to that question of how, because if you're sitting there struggling and I, I, I can relate to this and I know that you can as well, and you get the bad news of, you know, whether it's your mother passing or for me, other situations, whether it's a bankruptcy or a sickness or a death or whatever it ends up being, there's a lot of things. How do we do that? How do we enjoy the journey? How do we find the happiness and the contentment in the journey when our minds are wired for the big home run, glance slam, drop the bat, walk off kind of a thing? A lot of it has to do with control, I would say, and, and controlling your sphere. Uh, I obviously focus on controlling your nighttime routines and morning routines because I feel like that allows you to bookend your days. Right before you go to bed, you, you have control. Right when you wake up, you have control. So no matter what comes across, you're going to be able to handle it. And, and so many times we give control to other people our schedule, fire drills, right? Emergencies that come come across, which aren't really emergencies or, or fire alarms to us, but they are for other people. So, uh, you know, just, just understanding if you control your thoughts, control your actions and can control what essentially you can control, there's so much power in that. And trying to eliminate distractions and negativity out in the world, right? The news, social media, there's this theory of negativity, the negativity principle, where anything that's negative, it's amplified eight to nine times, 10 times more than a positive emotion. 
Well, that's because the mind still is wired for that cave. It thinks it's a saber-toothed tiger and it's going to yeah. kill you, right? And, and it could be just a comment that somebody makes and you fixate on it. Well, I, I like to coach my clients and, and the people I work with. You've got to build that force field around you that don't let that negativity in. And, and that's a powerful place to kind of build that foundation because if you envision yourself with that force field and somebody's no it's not it's not in i can't control what they think about me i can control who i know i am as a person and then you're going to end up being that much happier and and you're just going to fall in love with with who you are and then you can give that love out to so many more people around you so give us some real life examples because we're talking about control let's let's do with some practical experiences or some practical circumstances um, obviously you can't use, if you're coaching somebody, you can't use their stories. So <laughs> I guess we have to use our stories. <laughs> um, wh- what would be a situation where you find yourself struggling with some of the control aspects and how have you overcome that? And maybe that's even been six years because you said this journey has now been six years. So what are some real life examples of how you've been able to overcome some of that? So number one would be when you first wake up, eliminate distractions. Don't check your phone. Don't check email. Don't check text messages because that can take you down that rabbit hole of negativity. And, and the phone is like the tractor beam from the Death Star, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's pulling you in. You see that green icon of text messages and you see 15 of them. And it's like, okay, somebody wanted to get a whole, I, I, and that's, that's probably the number one most difficult thing for, for clients that I, I work with to do is to Put that phone away. Yeah, that's a little bit of an ego boost too. It's like you kind of feel like you're starting your day. They need me and therefore I'm valuable because I am needed. Right, right. It's that dopamine and it, mm-hmm. oh yeah, yeah, I'm needed. So that that would be one. Number two is you know battling the negative beliefs that that we carry from from childhood. And and I'll tell you uh, a couple of years after my mom passed when I was in the gym business, I was I was having a day where you know, enroll my classes, it wasn't where I wanted it to be. And I literally had in my mind these thoughts that I brought from childhood, like I'm not, I'm not worthy, I'll never be good enough. And I was driving in my truck down the road. And if you saw me this day, you probably thought this guy's a complete wacko, because I'm driving screaming at myself to try and kind of get those thoughts out of my mind, right, and create mm-hmm. some space. And, and we all have those negative beliefs that we've brought in some manner from, from childhood. One thing I like to, uh, that I took from a former coach, I like to, to share with people is one way to get through those. If, if you feel them coming on, you know, Hey, I'm, I'm not good enough is to put them on somebody you love. Right. So I have two sons, Jackson's 12 Carter's 10. So if I have that negative thought that says I'm not good enough, I'll write it down. Jackson, you're not good enough. Now, would I ever (laughs) say that to my son? Absolutely not. So why am I saying it about myself? So those are just a couple couple examples and, and strategies. Yeah, I love that whole idea there about the negative. And I think it's so important. We have been telling ourselves something about that for so long that we don't even recognize that we're telling ourselves that. We've come to believe that that is part of our value. We've come to believe that's part of our core when it's not. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll give you a real quick example of my own life because I've been dealing with these things as well and I had to break it. When I was younger, my family never celebrated birthdays. Okay. And so I came to the conclusion. Now, nobody ever said this, but the conclusion became a belief. So my conclusion was birthdays are not important. 
Birthdays are not there to be celebrated. Birthdays are not, they're just another day on a regular year. That's just the way birthdays are because that's the way that I was raised. That was a conclusion that led to a belief. Fast forward, I get married. We have our first child. First child has her has his first birthday. My wife goes out and spends a couple hundred dollars on decorations. I'm like, what are you doing? (laughs) We don't celebrate birthdays. That's not important. It's not. Well, she had been raised in a family where they did celebrate birthdays. And so you see this clash and I know it's a, it's a, it's kind of a funny story, but at the same time, there's a distinct clash in my beliefs versus what my wife was believing. And I had to identify and look at that and say, yep, that's a belief that I carried forward from my childhood. Now I have the choice. Am I going to keep that false belief or am I going to correct it? Well, I wanted to save my marriage and I wanted to be with her now 25 years later. So obviously (laughs) I'm adjusting my beliefs, Uh, but it's so true. And so many times, and I love what you said there. It's uh, we battle those negative beliefs because it does form a way of acting, a way of thinking, a way that we literally carry all of those things into every relationship that we go and we get into. And yeah, it truly does. And I, I, sort of the same thing around birthdays. I was the oldest of three, so it wasn't as big of a deal. My wife came, it was a birth month, right? It wasn't a birthday. So we had to, we had to, we had to mold the two together, but to, to your point, kudos for you to, to realize that and say, and, and I, I love the point that you, you brought up. It was a choice then for you to decide, hey, is that really the way it should be? Or should I create my own path forward with my wife and and with my child. So that's awesome. Yeah. No. And that's what I, again, you look at these things, don't skip over this folks, because he, you know, what, what was just said here, the battling of the negative, such a powerful thing. And it's something I, I just, from my own personal and I, man, Jeff, please share any, anything you want about this part of it. But from my own personal standpoint, I feel like sometimes I battle this on a daily basis. And I wake up and there's times that you go through some of this self-doubt. You go through some of this components of even if you have hit and I just share real quick. I mean, I made seven million dollars in one month for one company one time. And that's a big, big deal. And I'm like, yes. Yeah. Once you know it, the next month, I'm like, I don't know. I don't know if I'm worthy. I don't know if I'm good enough. I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I have the confidence. And it's crazy how. And so let me just tie some of this stuff together. And I, I, again, I want the input here, but you look at these big wins, right? And we celebrate these big grand slam type moments, but then we immediately have that doubt that follows. We have that crash and burn moment that follows versus, and this is what you just said, Jeff, is the fact that it's these small daily consistent things. And Jim Rohn talks about that is those small consistent things that builds that confidence, builds the stamina and the foundations to be able to achieve that win. And so if you find in your own life, you're, you're looking at this and you say, hey, I've got this big win. And then you find yourself crashing every time after a big win. Maybe you're missing those daily things. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. And I, I think it's so vital to have that daily structure, that daily routine, those habits and rituals so that you can celebrate. But then the next day, it's looking at that next mountain and, yep. and you're focused on on that consistency and that that journey through life right because so many of us want to get to this destination and say when I'm there it's going to be this way well it, it's it's like Olympic athletes right Olympic athletes are famous for 
falling into deep, deep depressions Mm -hmm. once they achieve the gold medal or compete in the games because they've spent their entire life up for that moment. And then they're like, what the heck is next? Yeah. So um, it's, it's extremely powerful to have just that. I always, I always relate the, the nighttime and morning rituals to the foundation, right? That's that foundation that is typically built on quicksand for a lot of people. And they try and build this big house on top of it, but it continues to sink. Right. And, and that's why people are on that never ending treadmill of life there. It's groundhog day days, turn into weeks, weeks, turn into months. And they're like, how did I get here? Well, you, you didn't build a foundation of, of things to light you up physically, mentally, spiritually, nutritionally, that they're really kind of lay that foundation for, for everything that you want to achieve as a leader, as, as whatever you're, you're doing. Mm. And that is the why, the why behind the habits, right? It, it truly is. I mean, it, when you can relate it to building a house, right? What do you start? You got to start with the foundation and so many of it, so many people are doing just building on top and it's in quicksand and they feel like I got to work harder, harder, harder. Well, not necessarily. You got to, you got to lay the foundation first and then, then you do it consistently over time. And, and to Jim Rohn's point, it, that's where the greatness lies because mm-hmm. you're going to wake up one day and go, who the heck is that person that I used to be? <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. All right. So practically application wise, what would you say would be your, I don't know, you pick the number, but top five, top 10, top two, what would be the habits that are, you have got to have these in your life in order to build this foundation? Cause we talked about the why we talked about the benefits we talked about, but what are those habits that you're saying? These are, undisputable, the best habits that I can put on the bookends of each of my day. So I, I will say four, let's go with four. I love the, okay. I'm going to do three morning, but I, I'd be remiss if I didn't do one at night. At night, you've got to prepare for the next day, right? Have everything ready for you to go. Prepare for success, right? If, if you're not preparing, you're really preparing for failure that that next day. And you're, you're going to play defense the moment the alarm clock goes off. And I coach both my sons in basketball, defense, that stance, knees bent. That's how so many people play the day. And and it's no wonder why at the end of the day, they're exhausted, stressed, flop on the couch and say, holy mackerel, am I going to have to do this tomorrow? Yes, you are. Um, So you got to prepare the night before. And then three, go ahead. Can I pause you on that one? Because that one is so important. (laughs) I just was like, no, 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 wait, we got to pause on that one. So slight little rabbit hole here, because this blows me away. I am always amazed when I watch people and they plan their vacation, a week or two week vacation, and they spend months and months and months planning their vacation. Or they plan an event that's a one day event, and they spend months and months and months planning that event. But they neglect to plan their lives. The most important piece of the puzzle is your life. And we neglect to pay. When you're doing, you just said you're a coach, and I, I totally relate to that. I've coached my kid on several different sports. We spend time planning and practicing. We spend time planning our plays. We, we put a playbook together. We know we do some research on the opposition to know what their strengths are, who's their best three-point shooter, so on and so on. And we plan all that stuff to be ready for a one-hour, two-hour game, but we don't plan our lives. It's, it's so true. And I, I feel like, especially as we get into adulthood, we lose that curiosity. We mm. lose... I, I like to relate it to putting on that white lab coat and becoming a scientist on what works for you and what can you tweak and continue to evolve and, and have iterations on. And so many of us don't. And I, I 
in my past, in my corporate life, and, and first when I got into business, I didn't. I didn't have goals, specific goals that I was driving towards on a daily, mm. weekly, monthly, yearly basis. But that has changed, obviously, through through my business. And, and this year in 2021, I made sure my 10 and 12 year old sons have, hey, I'm going to do a certain amount of push ups this year. I'm going to hit a certain amount of jump shots. That's awesome. On a roll <laughs> because I, I want to give that gift to them that I yeah. know I didn't have growing up. So, uh, you know, yes, that that is so vital. You've got to prepare and plan out where you want it, where you want to, your life to go. You got to have that true north. Otherwise, you're floating around in the ocean, and the ship's not going to go anywhere if you nope. don't know specifically where you, where you Dude, want to take it to. <laughs> you and I use so, so much of the same language. I love it. I feel like I'm your brother from another mother. <laughs> the, the true north and the ship, and I'm like, oh my goodness, I use those illustrations. That's so awesome. All right, so number one, plan, prepare for success the night before. Now you got three more. Yep. So these three can travel with you anywhere. Regardless if you're on vacation, you're out in the backwoods somewhere, drink a full glass of water when you wake up, right? We, we go the longest time at night when we don't have any hydration. That'll start that rehydration process. It'll, it'll wake you up. That's number one. Number two is you got to move. You got to exercise. And it doesn't mean you need to sweat and do 250 burpees, but mm. our bodies were made to move. And if you move a little bit in the morning, 10 minutes of exercise, You'll get so much natural energy. You'll feel good. You'll get those endorphins, the, that happiness hormone release, and, and you'll start that process. And then number three is meditate, right? So you've got to spend some time in thought. I love guided meditation because my mind can go every which way and sideways. So I like somebody to tell me, hey, focus on your breath. But those are the three things that I do every day, regardless, and have for, for now three, three plus years. That's awesome. I think that's so practical too, because if you haven't started anywhere, this gives you a great foundation through which to start. And of course it can turn into, like you said, you do cold showers and you've got a lot of other things that are going on, but this gives us a starting place. I mean, if we, if it's just that small, simple wind and then start, I love the whole thought process that you're putting behind as far as the consistency chain, the accountability, it ties all of the stuff that we just talked about back into these four three, depending on how you break them up, <laughs> yep, yep. but it gives you four specific habits that you can create in your life that you can do virtually anywhere at any point in time. And they, they will be a game changer. Just mm -hmm. the fact that you're saying, okay, what do I want to do tomorrow? The night before it's going to be night and day, and then getting some hydration, exercise, meditating a little bit. You're going to feel this rush of energy, of forward momentum, and you're going to be able to tackle things. And, and it's just going to open up so much in your world. And uh, it's it's just so extremely powerful, but it's not taught in elementary, middle school, no. high school, college. It's not really widely talked about in family circles. And it's it's just, it, it's like jet fuel. Yeah. When you finally figure it out, you implement it, you're consistent, you spend time on yourself, which is the most unselfish thing you can do because then you show up better for everybody else around you. And it, it's truly, truly a game changer. Yeah. Well, and I love what you just said, because it's probably the most unselfish thing that you can do because of how you show up with everybody else. And that's a really powerful, powerful statement right there, <laughs> because so many people are like, I, I can't spend time on this stuff, or I can't set this time aside. But yet you have to have, and man, we can go down this rabbit hole for probably 30 minutes, <laughs> but you have to have the energy to be able to put back into other individuals. You have to be able to have something to give them. Otherwise you end up with nothing left to give. And very, that burns you out. Very true. And I, I love to, to, talk about the airplane analogy, right? The, yeah, let's the do oxygen. it. I'll give you five minutes or so, and then we'll wrap it up here. So just yeah. go ahead and get the airplane analogy. This is really important, folks. So stay tuned, stay in. 
So if you think about it, you're on the airplane and, and the flight attendant goes through the pre-flight checklist and they say the cabin pressure loses air. What do they say for you to do first? You got to take care of yourself, put on the oxygen mask before you can help others. And that's, that's the unselfishness of making yourself a priority when you wake up because you will show up in control, in a state of gratitude, energy, focus, love, and, and all of those around you are just, they're just going to feel it. And I've seen clients that have gone through my program and, and their wives are like, Hey, I'm, I'm, we had a great weekend. I'm so happy you were, you were present or what has changed in you? And, and people are like my morning routine. And they're like, that's it. And I'm like, yes, that's it. <laughs> Simple, straightforward, actionable steps that you can, can really create some, some crazy, amazing things in your world. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, all right. So a series of questions here to end us out. Number one, how can people get a hold of you? So they can go out to the T-H-E morningfire.com and they can, uh, there's multiple options out there that they can, uh, can reach out to me. And uh, if they want to book a free strategy session, just to, to shoot the breeze and, and go through their habits and rituals, how I might be able to help them. I can give them some actual ideas and strategies that they can implement right away. Awesome. Number two, and this is my, because you got books in the background. I know you're listening to this on the podcast, but I'm a book guy. I'm a little bit of a book nerd myself. I've got a huge library. And so I see these on the back and it's funny because I'm seeing, okay, I got that one and I got that one and I got that one. Yep, I got that one. <laughs> so I'm looking at your bookshelf trying to figure out, oh, I don't have that one. What's that one? Um, so let's go ahead and do this. And this is what I ask of all of the audience because I, uh, I have a bookshelf on my website. So if you want to ever go find any of these recommended books, please go to my website. You can find the bookshelf there, be able to find how to be able to get a hold of those. But Jeff, what would be, <laughs> it's so funny. I always ask, what's your number one recommended book? And then everybody comes back and they say, well, can I add two? Can I have three? Can I? So I'll be leaning on that. But what would you say if you're recommending a book to somebody, what would be your book that you would recommend? I love The Energy Bus by John Gordon. It's a short read, but it's so incredibly powerful and it speaks to the, the power of positive energy and being around those, those types of people and surrounding yourself. And, and really, he calls them energy vampires in his book, getting those energy vampires out of your life mm -hmm. or at least distancing yourself. And that goes back to kind of what we were speaking about before, guarding your positive energy and, and not control. letting that yep. negativity in. So that, that's a great read, something that you can get through in a, a, a couple of days and, and it's incredibly powerful. Awesome. Awesome. All right. So with all of the stuff that we talked about, and this is obviously the conclusion here, we're closing down. Out of everything that you mentioned, what would be the one thing, if everybody else, they listen to everything else, what would be that one thing that's most important that you feel if they didn't take anything else, this is the one thing that you need to listen to and take away from our conversation? That every day is a, is a gift that you're given. And if you can understand that, that eventually you're not going to have that gift and do all the amazing things you want to, right? You, you have a hero inside of you. It's just been layered upon layered of beliefs and different environmental factors that, that, that have kind of kept that hero inside. Every day is a gift. And, and that hero is waiting, waiting desperately to break out. And I know you, I know you have that inside of you. Man, that's a mic drop right there. Boom. <laughs> awesome stuff, Jeff, man. I am so thankful that you came along thankful that we were introduced through Alan. Got to give yeah. credit out to Alan. Alan's an awesome individual. Uh, please, please, please uh, follow Jeff. Check out the morningfire.com. 
again, I have just been so impressed with the conversations, the things that he has shared. It's, it's just really, really incredible. If you have any other questions, any other thoughts, the one thing that I can tell you this, especially as we close out, because this is really, really important. Number one, it is truly a privilege for us to be able to be along this journey. It's a privilege for us to be able to share with you some of our experiences. What we want to hear, though, more than anything, is if there has been any kind of an impact, that's what gives us our fire. That's what gives us the motivation to keep going. So if Jeff said something, reach out to Jeff and say, Jeff, thanks. Man, you you said this and it changed my life. Or you said this and I implemented and this is the stuff. Reach out to Jeff individually or on an email or go to the morning fire, whichever way you want to do this. But I'm telling you right now, you will actually get addicted to telling people how much you appreciate them just by doing it once or twice. So until next time, we'll talk soon, but enjoy the day. Make it the best day that you can. We'll see you. I wanted to say thanks again for joining into our conversation. You know, one of the things that I've seen across the board, whether you're a business leader, owner, entrepreneur, or even a leader, is the struggles that we go through and feeling like we're all alone. We've created a class, a workshop type class called MentorMind where we meet for six months. In that six months, you were able to meet and talk with other people that are going through much of the same situation, same scenarios, same challenges, and it gives us a great way to be able to connect, grow, support, and encourage each other. And if you've often felt like there's no one else that you can share with, let me invite you to MentorMind, where you can share some of the challenges, come up with solutions, and be able to live the best life that you have. We'll talk soon, guys.